0: real life radio is sponsored by river city community church
1: grace and peace to you and welcome to real life radio with pastor sean azaro of river city community church here in san antonio texas now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full that's what jesus said in john 10 10 and in this service oriented culture we've come to expect and demand good service but Jesus offers a different vision of service and one that challenges the core of who we are and what we expect from our faith and relationships. Pastor Shawn is teaching from John chapter 13. The message is called Following to Serve. It's time for Real Life Radio.
0: In Matthew chapter 10, there's an interesting passage that I think sheds some light. You remember, Jesus sends his disciples out to minister. And he says, don't take a purse, don't take a bag, don't take extra clothes. He says, when you go into a town and you serve them by bringing the gospel and by ministering to that town, receive your keep from that town. So stay wherever you land when you're there. And he actually says this in verse 12. He says, as you enter the house, greet it. Bring a greeting. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. Very powerful scripture. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. Do you know we have the ability as followers of Jesus Christ to bring peace into situations? We, we can bring this covering of peace by the very nature of what God has done in his presence and his spirit with us. And he says, but if they're not worthy, what does it mean? If they're not receptive, then let your peace return to you. In other words, don't let anyone steal your peace. But he goes on, let your peace return you. Verse 14, and if anyone does not receive you or listen to your words, listen, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Shake off the dust. They reject you. Shake the dust off your feet. Don't let it accumulate. Don't let it build up. Now, interesting, he goes on, verse 12. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments, important, And resumed his place. So he's done, puts on his outer garment, okay, and he resumes his place. He was the host, presumably the head of the table, or the place of leadership or honor. He said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. In other words, I am your teacher, your Lord, your leader. He says, if I then, your Lord and teachers, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And I don't think he's talking about recreating that first century ritual. I think he's talking very practically. Wash the dirt of this world off of one another's feet with healing words, with acceptance, with love, with encouragement. Loving one another, serving one another. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example, and that you should do, just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant, listen, is not greater than his master, nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. By the way, that alone is worth the price of admission right there, verse 17. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. There's no real blessing in knowledge Knowledge can accumulate. You can know everything. If you don't do anything about it, it doesn't help. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them, said Jesus. What things? If you serve one another. If you help fulfill God's purpose in each other's lives by serving one another. Notice the emphasis he says on doing and following his example. He's saying, I served first, said Jesus. I showed you what it looked like. And now if you're going to follow me, I want you to follow in this example. And here's what I want you to remember. Please, this morning, write this down, because I want you to take this. I want you to chew on this a little bit. In your community groups, I want you to chew on it. And it's this. If you're not serving, you're not following Jesus. If you're not serving, you're not following Jesus. Jesus. And you might be like, wow, that's kind of a harsh statement. Who are you to say whether I'm following Jesus or not? I'm telling you, Jesus came to serve. He modeled that the life of a servant. He actually sat and served them and said, I want you to do this to one another. We're going to follow Jesus, I want to promise you. It is a a calling. We are called to a life of service. First to him, but also to one another. We understand the most important thing in the Christian faith is love, Right? Love God. It's all about relationships. Love God, and then love one another. Most, first important, most important commandment in the second. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. One of the ways that love manifests itself, Jesus says, is in serving one another. A couple points that I think will help kind of bring light to this. First, Jesus modeled and commanded submission to a life of service. Jesus modeled and commanded submission to a life of service. It's what he said it's all about. In Matthew 20, there's an interesting uh, passage because <laughs> the disciples kind of get this, in this little argument and tiff about places of honor in the kingdom. And it was all initiated by James and John's mom. Okay? Leave it to, you know, someone's mom. They go to Jesus, you know? She goes to Jesus because, of course, she's a good Jewish mother and she's just trying to make good for her boys. You know, Jesus, can my son sit on your right and your left when you come into your kingdom? And, you know, Jesus. What's he going to do? He doesn't rebuke her. Okay? He kind of. He If anything, he passes the buck to the Father. He says, those aren't for me to give. Those are for the Father, okay? Those are for for the Father to give. He says, "Um, yeah, those aren't for me to give. But the other disciples here, and they start getting ticked. Like, oh, who who are they? Who did they think? Oh, my gosh. They probably put their mom up to it. And Jesus can't say no to a mom. You know, what do you do? Someone's mom comes. You're polite, you know? Well, so they, they get in this kind of little thing. And Jesus speaks to them. Matthew 20, beginning at verse 25. He says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man himself, he's talking about himself, Jesus. Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We are called to serve. Our example is one of service. Jesus modeled the life of service. There's such a maturity in the humility of service. You, you want to know when you see someone in the body of Christ, you see someone walking you go, man, you know, they're just a, they're a, a humble person. You know, they just, they're, they're a humble person. That's a sign of maturity. That's a high level, that's grad school level maturity in the kingdom of God. And understand something, Jesus was unashamedly the leader. Service did not mean doing what everybody else wants. He led them. He commanded them. He directed them, but always for the purpose of serving. And he, he served, he washed their feet, he gave his life. See, when we become followers of Jesus Christ, we are saved into a life of service. Every believer is given a new assignment and an an identity as first a servant of the Lord. When you become a follower of Jesus, you become a servant of the Lord. In the old life, it was all about me. I did what I wanted. That's why some people can't get their brains around this redemption through Jesus Christ because it's like, I want to continue to do it my own way. I want to be the number one in my life. I want to make all the decisions. I want to be Lord. I don't want another Lord that's not how it works. The whole idea of our salvation is not only does he forgive the sins of our past, he comes into our life as Lord and leader by his Holy Spirit and leads us into a different kind of future. Some people are like, well, isn't that kind of a works thing? So, you know, I mean, I want to do my own thing. And and, and I got to tell you, there's some bad theology out there, folks, that tries to say, well, you know, you just receive Jesus And then you do what you want because it's all his work, not mine. And that doesn't have to influence my life. I don't have to live any different. That is terrible theology. Understand, how I live doesn't save me. Jesus' work on the cross saves me. But the the same faith, belief in him, recognition of who he is, embracing him for who he is, the same faith that saves me is the faith that causes me now to follow him. It really does. And, and see, it's very practical and simple. You know, the, the fact is when I come to be a follower of Jesus, I repent for my way, my sin, my self-governance that led to the problems that sin brings. I turn and I repent and I follow his way. And all of a sudden I'm walking down and my flesh says, hey, this is the sin that I want to commit. This will be good for me. I want to do this. And Jesus says, oh, no, 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 no. You're following me now. Come on, we're going this way. It's as simple as that. And you come to a hundred different little crossroads every single day don't you you know what i'm talking about the crossroads where you're something inside of you is going oh i gotta have that gotta do that gotta be that ah! and, the, and then this other voice comes to you and says no you don't but jesus i gotta buy that right now i know i can't afford it. i gotta have it gotta have it gotta have it and jesus says no you'll be fine without it oh no jesus and you kind of almost as, as it gets as the flesh starts screaming louder and louder you don't want to hear from jesus so much because you know that there's this other part of you it's like there's three parts you know and the other part of you knows he's right I don't need this. Oh, but I want it. And I want it bad. He's like, wow, I sound like the devil all of a sudden. And Jesus is saying, no, you don't. Or I want to do that, and that's where life is. And if I don't do that, and why? Jesus said, no, that, will, that is a road that will lead to hurt, destruction, brokenness. I want you to take this path. It's called the path to life everlasting. And it doesn't start after I die. It starts the minute I become a follower of Jesus. used to be about me, but it's not. That whole life of me being king and God in my life was over the minute I said, Jesus, you're my Lord. If you're not serving, you're not following Jesus. See, he called us to a life of service. So when I become a follower of Jesus, I become a servant of Jesus.
1: And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a message called Following to Serve. If you'd like to hear the full message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website, reallife.org. And if you'd like to check out River City Community Church, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
0: Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
1: And back to the message following to serve. This is Real Life Radio.
0: Second thing that I think is really important, not only did God give Jesus everything he needed, God has given you everything you need for inspired service. God has given you everything you need for inspired service. And when I say inspired, I mean spirit-filled. That's what inspired means from the same root. Inspired, inspirited, you could say it. Filled with the Spirit, He has gifted you, given you everything you need. For really inspired, let me add another word: supernatural service. First Corinthians twelve is a great passage that talks about that. Beginning at verse four. Now, remember, 1 Corinthians twelve, Paul writes says about spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant. Okay, and so he teaches, and here's some of that teaching. Verse four. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. Okay, there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. Varieties of activities, but is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. We're not all cookie cutter. We're not all the same. They're all different, but it comes from the same Lord, the same Spirit. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each. That means to every one of us. Okay, I want you to turn and look at someone kind of close to you. You can be discreet if you want to. That person is Gifted. And you're looking and going, oh, I don't know. You're not looking at what I'm looking at. <laughs> the funny, the reality is, I don't think it's so hard for us sometimes to look at someone else and go, well, they're gifted. The hard part sometimes is to look at ourselves and go, no, we have spiritual gifts. The scripture said, to each one is given gifts for the common good, for the good of the body. Every one. And you might be like, well, but I don't have any. Okay, all right, um, now we're at a, a little crossroads here. Do I believe you or do I believe the Holy Scriptures? You or Jesus? I'm going with Jesus. And I suggest you do too. You may not understand what your spiritual gifts are, but I want to assure you the Word of God says you have them. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're filled with His Spirit, you have been uniquely gifted for inspired supernatural service. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. Unique ability to speak wisdom. To another, utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Things they couldn't know but the Spirit reveals. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Unique courage and faith to believe God for things. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. The ability to sense when God intends to heal. And the ability to pray that and, and see the Lord do that in people's lives to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Very important. For it just as The body is one, has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ." He gives the gifts as he desires, and some people get all weird. They go, I want the different gifts. My, I got the terrible gifts. I hate my gifts. My gifts are stupid. Look at their gifts. Their gifts are awesome. They get to do that, and I got to do this. Yeah, you're missing it. He gave you gifts to empower you, and you will find joy and fulfillment when you operate in the context of your gifts. And, folks, he goes on in this passage to say everybody can't all be one party. He even gets kind of sarcastic. The way he says it, you know, if everybody wants to be an eye, where would the sense of smell be? If everyone wanted to be a foot, how would we handle, you know? And he just kind of gives this ridiculous picture of we need all the parts of the body for the body to work, right? And then he gets to verse 18. He says, as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. You are here because this fellowship needs your gifts. And without your gifts, we will never be everything God intended for us to be. That's what the scripture said. We need every single part to work. I mean, that's, that's when we understand how this fellowship cannot be what God intended without the gifts sitting in this room right now. And he has given us every gift that we need to do amazing things. God has an unbelievable vision for this fellowship. And you're supposed to be a part of it if this is your church. You know, they have what they call the 80-20 rule. And in church, it's often true. The idea that 80% of the ministry that happens is done by 20% of the people. You know, in just a small group, or are at every event, and they're serving in multiple areas. And then the remaining 20% is done by 80% of the people. Do you know if that were happening in a physical body, with the body parts, um, it'd be terminal? It'd be game over. That'd be a death sentence. And I want to suggest it probably is for the body of Christ, if that's a reality in congregations. We need each gift, and God has gifted you. Another point that Jesus illustrates for us, and that I think some people might give me a little pushback on this, but I want to challenge you with, Christian service begins with a family. It begins with a family. It begins in the body of Christ. And this is so foreign because there are so many people now who love, it's like a pastime to rip on the church. It's fashionable to rip on the church. People supposedly bearing the name of Christ, constantly attacking the body of Christ. And I just want to say to you, that is broken and messed up. Jesus said our service is supposed to begin in the body and go out from there with the body. That's how it's supposed to be. 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Galatians 5.13, you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Serve one another. It starts here. And and people go, well, that's self-serving, isn't it? Isn't that self-centered? I want to challenge you. Um, The church, this church and others, the church family, is the visible expression of God's love to the world. Our service must begin with the body and then go through the body and out into the world. Here's the deal. What good is it to invite people to a place that they would never want to be a part of? Do you understand when the body loves one another, it cares for one another, it serves one another, the way Jesus designed? Do you understand that that has more influence on guests and visitors and on the world around us? Because they come and they hang around the body of Christ wherever that is. Whether that's a community group meeting, whether that's a party in a home, whether that's this gathering right here. They hang around the body of Christ and they see these people who love each other and they go... I want some of that because every one of us instinctively wants to be a part of a community that loves one another. That's why Jesus said, by this will all men know you're my disciples, by the awesome sermons you produce. Wait a minute, that's, I think that's wrong. I think I read that wrong. By the great music that you do that's almost current sounding. He didn't say any of that. He said, by this will all men know you're my disciples, that you love one another. This is to be the earmark of who we are, how we love and care for each other. That's the body of Christ. Your service, if this is your church home, your service should start here. And then it should flow out from here. We should be the body of Christ all over, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods. That should be a part of who we are. But I just want to challenge this idea. Some people think, oh, the church is optional, the church is just kind of... It is not. It is the visible manifestation of Jesus' work in his kingdom here on earth. That's why Jesus said, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you're not serving, you're not following Jesus, and Christian service begins with a family. Last thing, your service is a matter of life and death, and this is just true. Your service is a matter of life and death. When we consider what's at stake, when we consider life change and what we do, More people living real life by passionately following Jesus. That's why we refer to the church as the one hope. There's all kinds of garbage going on in the world, and people are getting afraid. And, you know, it's just you read the newspaper, and we all have kind of news 24-7. Before it even comes out on on a news outlet, you can get a tweet that will tell you of some catastrophe or something that's happening halfway around the world. It can get scary when you ingest all this bad news and you realize, what, is, what hope do we have? What's the solution? I want to tell you with authority of the word of God and with an assurance that the one hope for what ails this world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is, that is the one hope. And folks, that's what the church is about. What we do is the one hope for this world. There's nothing that you're going to be a part of that's going to be more important than this and so I want to challenge you there's a card in your bulletin if you take this out it's a simple card we want to give you an opportunity where you can serve and you can say I'm going to begin to serve the body of Christ a couple priorities for this year for us that are just huge we want to see wildly effective next generation ministries and when we say next generation we mean children and youth the vast majority of people are going to be are going to get saved before the age of 18 years old. That's just the truth. They will accept Christ. Most people who do will do so. The percentage I've heard is 80%. Will do so before the age of 18. Do you understand how important those ministries are? We want to see every child in a community group within the children's ministry. Every student in our youth ministry in a community group. Every adult in a community group. We estimate to see the things that God's put before us. We could use over 400 New volunteers. And we know we're not going to get all of them right away, but in the building process, we need everyone in this fellowship to begin to say, okay, God, you've gifted me, you've called me. Where is it that you want me to engage in ongoing, committed ministry service? In the back of this, there are different areas. Take a look through. I want to encourage you right outside, the kiosks are set up, and there'll be people behind them. If you look at this and go, yep. God's been talking to me. Or, yep, I got a sense I'd like to do this. Please bring this out. Talk to some of those people and turn this in out there. And you will be contacted. And we want to help you get engaged in service. Get in the game. And if you're looking and go, I don't know. This whole spiritual gift thing. I I believe you because the Bible says it. But I don't know. Good news for you. This afternoon at 3 o'clock, we're doing a class called Know Your Ministry. I'm going to be involved. Willie Mayfield, Mike McGuire, some others just sharing with you how God has wired you for ministry. You'll have a a chance to actually look and kind of discover what your spiritual gifts are. You'll have a chance to look at some of your past experiences and figure out, okay, how did God prepare me for ministry? You can take your connection card and you can sign up for that right now. And I want to encourage you to do that. If you don't know where you should serve, I want to see you at that, that class this afternoon. And at the end of that class, you will have a much better idea and you can talk with some consultants and they can help you say, well, hey, check out this ministry and they can help get you started down that road. I'm serious, folks. The the word is so clear. I really believe with a passion. And if you're not serving, you're not following Jesus. And I want to change that for us. That service should begin with the family. It should begin with the one another ministry and flow out of here. Because when we get this message and we start engaging, when we go beyond that 20%, carrying all the weight, and when we go up to 30 and 40 and then 60, 80, and imagine when 100% of the people who call this church home are actually engaged in serving. Imagine the explosive potential that God wants to unleash.
1: Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this message called Following to Serve. If you'd like to hear the full message and this series, it's available right now when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road. You can see the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.
0: God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.